KTSW Studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Bobcat and Rattler fans, and welcome to the Friday edition of Bobcat Radio. My name is Gage Sutton, sports director, and today I'm joined by my co-host Kennedy Moore and my assistant directors, uh, my assistant sports director Josh Orozco on the boards. We got a lot to cover today, including some Texas State football, San Marcos high school football, and we have a special guest interview from a member of the Texas State women's basketball coaching staff. But before we get to all that, let's throw it to my man Josh for a quick word from our sponsor. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks eats, drinks, scenic views. All right. Thank you very much, Josh. And guys, to get right into it, we got San Marcos High School football and what can I say other than a heartbreaking loss last night against the Bowie Bulldogs? Um, the final score was 42-28, to 28 and you know it looked like the Rattlers had the game early on. They were leading at halftime, and uh, the offense was running on all cylinders. The defense was holding a very powerful offense in the Bowie Bulldogs, kind of slowing them down, making sure that they weren't getting points, and then uh, just kind of fell apart after the second half. Josh, what can you tell me about that game? I mean, exactly what you mentioned. I think in the first half, we could see the San Marcos Rattlers possibly playing their most competitive game all season. They had control, and in the second half, just things didn't go their way. There's actually, in the first half, a touchdown called back from holding. It's, it's those mistakes that we've seen previously in previous weeks, but San Marcos really cleaned it up in the first half this week's, uh, this week's game against Bowie. But then also uh, an injury uh, kind of early in the fourth quarter that led to a fumble, and I just think once that started the Rattlers just kept tumbling down and Bowie just had all the momentum going into the fourth and Tello the quarterback for Bowie was you know making phenomenal plays and and throws so you can't really do much about that but San Marcos I would say arguably played their most competitive game last night I think so too I, I think and exactly what you talked about the Nelson Coleman fumble late in the game was uh, something that kind of threw the bo- or the Rattlers off kind of their course. They were playing really well. Uh, Isaiah DeLeon looked better than he had all season, making great throws, and the receivers were stepping up too. Uh, but one of the players that we always have to talk about is the only Division I uh, offeree on the Rattler team. Kennedy, I know you brought a few stats on Cannon Webb. What can you tell us about his game last night? Uh, Cannon Webb, he's just an amazing player on offense and defense. He's all over the field, literally. Like you said, he has a D1 offer, and he really is the heart of this team, honestly. He had eight tackles last night, and really when he gets going, it's really hard to stop him. He's a player who's unstoppable on offense. So really when he gets going, this team goes really far. I I think so, too. I think Cannon has been such an important part to this team, and you know, we didn't see him as much on offense, but as we're getting later into the season and, you know, this was his second to last game as a senior before he graduates, I think Coach Walsh wanted to get him more involved in the offense, and I think it really did help them because you saw from early on he was effective whenever he had the ball in his hands. And the ground game is something that Coach Walsh really relies on. And yesterday having um, Cannon reach over 100 yards, I, that's a success if you're if you're San Marcus. But another guy 
that I was looking at who really impressed last night was Jamil Gordon. Yeah. I think that connection with Isaiah DeLeon is starting to really flourish, and we're going to see more of that that game because of the success that Cannon saw early with the run game. It opened up the passing game as well, so I think uh, Jamil and Isaiah, that connection is going to grow even stronger in, in years to come. Yeah, and I want to give a quick shout-out to Caduce Ogunbashi, too. He's been so great all season, and you know, only allowing, I think, single... I think he's only allowed single-digit catches on the whole season. And considering the receivers that he's played against, that's super impressive. So shout-out to Caduce Ogunbashi. The defense has played really well. And overall, you know, it's a heartbreaking loss, but you get a chance to kind of make up for it next week against Austin. And that one's going to be a home game. They're going to have a chance to kind of give their seniors, uh, again, if you listen to the broadcast last night, the seniors their first varsity win at home. So... Uh, that that game's gonna be next Friday. If you guys are interested in listening to that, make sure you guys tune into KTSW. But tonight we have some more San Marcos High School stuff, including San Marcos High School basketball in Pflugerville. So Josh, I know you're gonna be on the call tonight. What are you looking forward to in that game? There's actually a, a real, really, uh, I don't even know what to call it, a phenomenal matchup. If you're a Texas high school basketball fan, we have Mashai Hill, and then you have on obviously Malik Presley for the San Marcos Rattlers. So I'm going to be looking at that because definitely, uh, along with Caden Gums, they've been playing in the fall league even together. They're, I believe, two of the the top 20 uh, power forwards and forwards in the entire state of Texas in their class, class of 2023. So when you look at that, I think that's going to be a phenomenal matchup to look at. And then Hendrickson coming off a loss after defeating Steele in their very first game. I think it's going to be a really closer competition than we saw uh, last week against Laredo United for San Marcos, um, once again on the road uh, at Hendrickson. So it's just going to be another good battle for San Marcos, obviously having a really tough non, non-district non schedule. So I think it's going to benefit them in the long run. But like I said, I think that matchup is going to be Hill and Presley tonight in this matchup. Yeah, we've talked about the Laredo matchup a little bit. And, you know, uh, maybe some people were disappointed with the way they played or maybe were disappointed with the final score, but there's no reason to be because the Laredo team that they played last week was very good. And that's what Coach Pinchback has been saying to us all season or before the season started. He was telling us that he wanted to get the toughest opponents he could get on the schedule to get them ready for district play because, I mean, he's exactly right. When they get to district play, it's going to be no cakewalk. They've got Westlake, like Travis, Hayes. Like, there's so many teams in that district that can give them problems. So it's time to kind of get them going with these tougher matchups. And, you know, another guy that I do want to watch tonight is Caden Gums, uh, but Caleb Williams, too. Uh, me and Ethan Hamilton had a chance to talk to him last week, and he's been putting in a lot of work uh, during the offseason. So I'm expecting him to have a big season too. And I think he's going to have an extended extended role, obviously. Uh, you look at Josh DeLeon last season kind of having the bulk of the scoring for San Marcos, and now we don't really know where that's going to come from. Obviously, we had one game uh, under the San Marcos belt against um, Laredo United. But there's really no clear number one score at the moment. I'm assuming that it will be Malik because Caden is more of a passer, so he's going to look to get his teammates open. But as you mentioned, Caleb Williams, I think he's going to make a tremendous growth in season two. And I I think that he's going to make leaps and bounds on scoring because he he does hustle and he does work. So that's going to be something to look out for. Yeah, I'm ready for a basketball season in general. And I know it's a couple of football players who are going to be on the same Rattler basketball team. So that season is going to be an eye-opener. And I'm ready to see what they have in store for us, honestly. Yeah, and Coach Pinchback is so much fun to talk to. And the whole team, they're just so excited. They they bring a lot of energy. And this is going to be a really fun team to watch. So, uh, you know, 
you mentioned Caden Gums, and we're talking about Caleb Williams a little bit, but Caden, you know, he is a pass-first playmaker, I think, but he's also got that clip on him, man. He could shoot the three, and he he's going to be one of those big players too. Uh, but again, if you guys can't make it out to Pflugerville tonight to catch San Marcos High School versus Hendrickson, they will be on KTSW. It will be Josh Roscoe on the call with Connor McKinnon right here on KTSW 89.9. But don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after a short commercial break. Uh, we will have head coach of the Texas State women's basketball team, Zenerate Antoine, on the line to talk some uh, Texas State women's basketball. You won't want to miss it. Stay tuned. This is Chris Summer from KRLD Radio in Dallas-Fort Worth. You're listening to Bobcat Radio. And welcome back to KTSW 89.9 Bobcat Radio. I'm Gage Sutton here with Kennedy Moore and Josh Orozco on the boards. And we got a very special guest today, Coach Zenere Antoine of the Texas State women's basketball team. Coach Z, how you doing? It's been a long time since we've talked to you. I know. I'm, I'm doing well. You know, I think there's um, excited anticipation for us to hopefully be able to open up season here next week. So um, we're, we're doing really well. Well, Coach, that's great to hear. And, you know, it's been a really hectic off season, but, again, the season's almost here. How are you and the team feeling getting ready to play y'all's first game here uh, coming up? Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be honest if I didn't tell you there is some anxiety involved with it because of what's going on r- surrounding COVID and, and games already being canceled even within our conference. But I also think there's an excitement as well and a hopefulness that we'll be able to – you know, get get jump started here soon, regardless of where we're at. Because if you talk to colleagues or you hear stories across the country, there are teams that have had to go into some form of quarantine, so they're not able to practice. Um, and there are other teams who have been able to practice. I think at the end of the day, I don't think there's a team out there in the country right now on the men or women's side that's in what we call traditional basketball shape. But I do think the athletes are in a position where they're fit enough. We're going to have to go deep in our depth charts that they're just ready and excited to play. Yes. Hello, Coach G. This is Kennedy Moore here. Hi, my, Kennedy. My first question is, as you mentioned, COVID is taking this world by storm, but how are you mentally and physically preparing your team for this season? Well, I think the first piece, right, is to adjust the social injustices as well as COVID and how that's affected all students. Like, you really need to, to you know, they're called student-athletes for a reason, and that is because, similar to y'all, they are students, and they came here to obtain a degree, and then for them to play basketball. So what does that mean for each one of them? It's been very different. Uh, COVID has affected a lot of families uh, across the board, whether it be siblings that have to stay home now and the parents are having to make decisions, family members that we have that have lost jobs within our, our team, um, just the stressors that you have academically. One of them that I recognize just for the students across the board is I think a lot of us are thinking that coursework might not have been as difficult because we went through the initial stages in the spring. And now there's a fair amount of professors, man, I feel like they really overloaded y'all with with work. Like they got themselves prepared and you have students who decided to take more hours than they can actually hold. And so those those stressors are really real. And now if you combine that with social injustice um, and then the fact that it's very difficult at the NCAA level to bubble student athletes like you saw in the NBA and WNBA, it's important that we have those conversations. So, Kennedy, we've had a lot of conversations. I pride myself on having conversations, you know, pre-COVID. But now with the, the, what's going on within the world, I think it's really important that I constantly foster that environment. But at the same time, give them the competitive uh, piece of basketball, the training piece that's very comfortable and something that generally should be very stable for an athlete is the sport that he or she knows. And so that balance for me hasn't necessarily been difficult, but I have to be much more mindful in my approach because the mental health uh, state of, of many people right now is, can be a little fragile, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely, Coach. And, 
you know, we talked to a lot of different people about, you know, the social injustice in this country and a bunch of the other stuff that's going on. And, you know, it seems that a lot of coaches handle it differently. What's kind of your approach to handling it with your players and kind of talking them, uh, talking to them about it? Well, for, for us and for me and my program, it's, it's not new to us. It's just now out there in the forefront. And so just making sure that we have more open conversations versus we would have, a, we would have conversations about different things that would happen on campus. You know that episode we had, what was it, maybe a year ago when we had um, the police on campus. I'd check in with my team with situations like that, and I asked them, were you near the quad? Were you, you, know, were you anywhere? Um, or put yourself in a, did you put yourself in a, a positive position? So we've been having those conversations from the beginning. So I can say for us, it's not, uh, it's not uncommon. It's just now, it's just so frequent. I think that can be upsetting. And then going even deeper with family members, um, and making sure that they that they feel okay being able to come to school as a student athlete, knowing that your time constraints, you know, don't allow you to get home, and maybe sometimes family members really just need to see you. And, and um, COVID obviously has complicated that as well. So it's something that we've always talked about. So I don't I feel very comfortable um, talking to all my student athletes of, of all walks of, of life regarding the social injustices and and you know voting and what that means, and then how that you know, kind of blends in with COVID and how it affects different communities. It is definitely an important topic to talk about, Coach. Josh Roscoe here. Once again, we appreciate you calling into the show. Two women in particular joining the Bobcats just last week, Raven Adams and Sierra Brooks. What mm-hmm. do they provide to the team in the depth of the Bobcats? Well, what, what you'll find from Sierra is she is a big guard. I, I actually have on my very first, not very first, since Aaron Peoples, we haven't had another big guard. We currently have one now, the transfer from California. So Sierra is also a big guard. When I mean big, she's about 5'9", um, strong, um, athletic guard. So she's going to provide something that we haven't had as far as size is concerned. And then Raven is similar to a lot of the point guards I, I, I've had in the past. Uh, she's a little water bug. She's got phenomenal handles. Um, she has to be able to get to the ability to be able to get to the rim. And she's a young woman from Houston. We haven't had a Houston student athlete since you know Taylor Deer and um, before that Diamond Ford, who are both you know all conference players, first team all conference player, and then Taylor obviously being player of the year. So I'm excited to bring another young woman in from Houston because we've had success with those young women that have come from Houston, as well as Raven actually has a family tie. Her stepbrother played football for us here at Texas State. So I'm really excited about bringing these young women in. And, and you know, that's, that's still a year away, and they're having their own journey as seniors in high school um, working through COVID. But I am excited about those future Bobcats. And, you know, Coach, talking about the roster a little bit, you guys uh, did end up losing uh, the Holly Twins to graduation, uh, both seniors last semester. Uh, what are kind of who are some of the players that you're watching for in terms of are going to step up in that in those leadership roles uh, for this team this upcoming uh, this upcoming season well I think y'all will recognize names that are just they're growing up now um, so obviously Denasia Hood was was picked second team all conference Denasia's now a junior Kennedy Taylor who um, to me is the best point guard in the conference bar none just purely based off her resume um, she's someone that we're looking forward to she's also going to be a, a junior for us, and then the entire junior class, to be honest with you. We only had four, but now with transfers and the new rules, we now have seven. So that class is actually really strong. And then we have Ivion Alexander, who really has is, is been uh, the glue to all of uh, the, our practices and moving forward. 
So I'm really excited to see what this looks like. There's young women who, you know, sometimes when you come in as a freshman or a sophomore, you may not be ready, but next thing you know, boom, um, you figure it out. You understand what you need to do academically, how to handle yourself socially. And so your dedication to the game really explodes. And so we have some young women like that as well. I'm, I'm really excited to roll the ball out there and see how far this can take us because I, I definitely believe we're much better than what the, you know, the critics picked us. Yes, Coach, I'm so excited for this season. And with this being your 10th season as head coach at Texas State, what do you hope to accomplish that you haven't already? Well, obviously for me, Kennedy, it's going to be able to get the ring, right? Which Three years ago, we came really close with that team that won more, had more Division One wins in the history of the game than, than before. And then, you know, we were in being second in that particular year. So the goal has not changed. I think the reality of this year um, if you put COVID aside, is that we really have an opportunity here potentially to be one of those teams in the top three. You know, you don't know necessarily what COVID is going to um, uh, kind of bring, I guess, to this particular program. But I can tell you this, since all of us are dealing with it, that's been my attitude. We're all under the same rules and restrictions for the most part. So it's my hope to be able to get our team in the best position possible, but doing it with love and being safe. I think that's the two most important things right now. Again, I go back to the mental health piece of it. So going to my 10th year, I wouldn't have this any other way, being able to head up this Bobcat program to help these young women, you know, persevere. And, you know, honestly, Texas State University on a whole and students persevere through um, just really terrible times in, in some regards, but then that's when, right, most of us shine. Is, is when you're able to get back up. It's when you're able to persevere. It's when you're able to do what people consider impossible. And I, I'll go back again and say this about your particular generation. The fact of the matter is, is that y'all came out in droves. You believe that there is a power to your voice and you're using it. And I absolutely love that. So to me, that means there's some fight in this particular group. So I'm excited to be able to navigate it in my 10th season. And Coach, you briefly touched on it. Texas State voted to finish fifth in the Sun Belt West Division. How do you kind of balance using that as motivation as well as trying to balance it with blocking out the negative noise? Well, for the most part, it's been, uh, it's been a positive driver for our team, and I haven't seen it have a negative effect per se. I, what I really found, it's really driven more players to, to be better, and I'm, I'm excited about that. There's one thing about playing sport, right? When you step within the lines, uh, of whatever that particular sport is, if you're able to focus and, you know, that ranking's able to provide even more focus, uh, I think that that only helps drive you, you know, moving forward. And so I've had to do very little motivation from that standpoint. It's it's a lot more about teaching and, and refining. All right. This is, if you're just joining us right now, this is KTSW 89.9. We're here with Coach Zenere Antoine, head coach of the Texas State women's basketball team. And Coach, your first matchup is until November 28th, it's Saturday, uh, against at New Orleans. So you guys will be traveling for your first few games, actually. Um, how, how are you kind of getting, like, what is the preparation like to be traveling during COVID and everything? Is, is it any different than it was last semester? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of things that are, are really different. Um, so there's testing. So if you, I don't know if you guys if you want to bore yourself with the details of reading the return to play for basketball, but the NCAA put out an entire plan of um, return to play for the sport of basketball and they're constantly refining it so you know the recommendation is testing three times a week we are testing three times a week so that does mean um, you know men's women's basketball we are getting tested at a very high rate we're making sure that we can bubble ourselves as much as possible the majority of the student athletes are taking virtual classes but we do have some that are in class 
Um, you know, this Thanksgiving holiday, we're going to be spending it together as a team. Um, it, it is nice that we do have the ability to test, so we do know, you know, it, we feel a little bit more safe. But it's also pretty sad because we do have so many local student athletes that could go see their families um, that aren't going to be able to right now because we need to ensure that, you know, that, that we stay COVID-free. So I think that for sure is different. And then the travel, there's a lot of pieces to it, right, making sure people are tested who are going to be in that Tier 1. Again, if you read the manual, you'll, you'll, you'll understand what I'm talking about. They're tested at a very high level. And making sure that we keep ourselves safe. You know, generally you're eating pregame meals together as a team. That, that won't happen now. No more buffets, a lot more, you know, meals in boxes. I think those are some changes. You're going to find there isn't going to be as much the downtime of lounging. Um, it's going to be, you know, uh, pretty cut and dry. Show up, um, go through your warm-up, you know, play the game. We'll find that the officials um, will be uh, in a situation where they will have to social distance in, in both men's and women's basketball. You'll see some you'll see some changes. I think the game will stay relatively the same like you saw in the NBA and WNBA. But there are pieces of social distancing. The, the chairs will be set up differently. Um, coaches obviously are going to be wearing – they're going to be masked up, very similar to what you see right now with the other sports that are playing. Um, we're going to be wearing masks on the bus the entire time, the N95 masks. So there, there are there are major differences, but this time I've had in the last six weeks, I've really worked hard at making sure that I prepare the team to understand what that looks like, prepare them knowing that you're going to have to stick up your nose, right? Excuse me if you will, but that that's going to happen. Just making sure that they are aware on the front end of what it's going to look like helps prepare you mentally. So when it actually happens, then you, the stress is, is won't be as much, but it definitely looks different. Coach G, this is Kennedy Morgan. As you mentioned, Thanksgiving is coming up. So can you tell us what's your favorite dish to make or to eat during this holiday? Well, I married a man from Louisiana, so I learned this from my father-in-law, uh, gumbo. So I will make a mean gumbo, for, which is not normal I, I, from the family I came from for Thanksgiving a lot of times. But other than that, I'm a traditionalist. I'm, I'm really into the turkey. Uh, I really, really like a good turkey um, and, and stuffing. I've changed over time i've evolved into a cornbread stuffing kind of girl mm. so i enjoy that as well uh we are going to have a, a a really good thanksgiving meal that's going to be uh, set up for our student athletes so i'm excited for them to be able to taste it but i don't know just yet if i'm gonna be able to throw down that gumbo but uh, i was <laughs> able to give a sampling out for halloween for men's and women's basketball so if i can some way uh, find some time to wake up early again and, and hook these student athletes up with, with some gumbo i definitely will well, Coach, we really do appreciate you coming on to the show, and we hope that you and the rest of your team and your family have a great Thanksgiving, and good luck on the upcoming season. I appreciate that, and I appreciate all the Bobcat listeners out there. I want everyone to have a safe, uh, first and foremost, a safe Thanksgiving, but definitely enjoy your family members, spend some time with them, enjoy good food and drink, and I appreciate you students at KTSW and all the hard work that y'all put in. Um, and finding quality stories and getting, you know, your listeners to, to understand what it's like in these different avenues. I appreciate your group as well. So happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Thank you, Coach Z. Thank you so much, Coach. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. And that was Coach Zanaray Antoine, head coach of the Texas State women's basketball team. And I, I love talking to her. She is one of the I, one of the coolest coaches to, you know, I get a chance to talk to on a, I guess not a daily basis, but on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. She's one of my favorite interviews by far. And we talk about Coach Pinchback, or at least I talk about Coach Pinchback as being one of the coaches who we get to interview and I just want to play for. 
I think Coach Z falls under that category. Is that somebody who I would really love to play for as a coach? She just seems like an amazing woman and an amazing leader. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see where the Texas State women's basketball team goes. Absolutely. I have big expectations for them. Kennedy, what about you? I have so much expectations. I'm so excited for basketball season. That's by far my favorite season, especially women with me being a woman and all. Women can really ball, and these ladies can ball. So this season, I'm really excited. They're going to go so far, and I'm so ready for them to play in this conference. Hey, we got to show our ladies some love. But, again, you guys got to be ready for that Texas State women's basketball team. I think, uh, again, their first game will be November 28th. They'll be playing in New Orleans. Uh, they'll be on the road for the first few games, but they'll finally be back in December for their first home game. Uh, but now let's get on to some Texas State football. And with Texas State football, guys, they're back at home for their second to last game of the season. And tomorrow they'll be taking on Arkansas, the Arkansas State Red Wolves. Uh, you know, one of the big stories for Texas State was their quarterback situation. Tyler Vitt got hurt in last week's game and Brady McBride had to come in and step in. And I thought he played really well. But now the conversation is, do we think that maybe one of these guys should have played all season? Because, you know, there's been a lot of flip-flop between the two quarterbacks. Kennedy, what do you think? Um, I think Vitt is the most reliable player. If you would have asked me this a couple of weeks ago, I probably would have said McBride. But as I'm watching him week in and week out, I see that he's the most comfortable quarterback. And you can tell the receivers really have a connection with them better. Last game against Georgia Southern, he threw for 114 yards. And although he threw two interceptions, he played an amazing game. And just him having the connection with the receivers is really why he's the best quarterback, in my opinion. It's a difficult balance in between Vitt and McBride, because when you look at McBride, you think future upside. You think somebody who you can build the program around. At least that's what the plan was prior to the season, was to build this team around Brady McBride. But then obviously with you know COVID, injuries, and, and whatnot, um, you, you place in Tyler Vitt just to see what he can do and produce games. And kind of, it seemed like when Tyler Vitt finally got rolling, then the injury hit, and now they're back to McBride. So, I, I I don't know. That's a difficult question because you know if it does work out, if Brady just completely balls out and they're the Bobcats are a 500 team, then it worked perfectly, and now you have the quarterback for the future. But now it just seems like the juggling of the quarterback situation throughout all season has come back and bite the Bobcats. I think long term this won't have too much of an effect. But I, I think really there's some valuable snaps that Brady lost this season. Uh, obviously, Tyler Vitt stepped up, but those, those snaps were, were really crucial for McBride. Yeah, and you know we're talking a little bit about the quarterback situation uh, for Texas State, but Arkansas State seems to have their own quarterback. I wouldn't say problems. Both of them have seemed to be putting up decent numbers, and I mean it's leading to wins for them, uh, although they have lost three straight. That's something that's going to be kind of a big factor in this game. Texas State's lost seven straight. So both of these teams are coming into the game very hungry for a win. And in my opinion, I think this is a must win for Texas State because next week they'll be taking on Coastal Carolina. And with Coastal Carolina, I think they're the best team in the Sun Belt. And I, I have a hard time believing that Texas State's going to beat Coastal Carolina. So Arkansas State's got to be a must win game if they want to finish the season with two wins. 
Yes, I agree. Arkansas State, State, Arkansas State is going to be a tough game, especially they have a powerful receiver, Jonathan Adams Jr. and Lincoln Parr. So those two guys you're really going to have to watch out for. Adams, he's a, he was a track star in high school, so he has speed. So once he's open, the Bobcats are really going to have to catch him because there's no catching a track star. Trust me, I know. Also, <laughs> Lincoln Parr is also a major asset to this Wolves team. So him, he had 200... 121 yards last game against Louisiana Lafayette. So, really, those two guys is really who the Texas State got to look out look out for. And Gage, you mentioned Lane Hatcher, the quarterback situation, and Lane Hatcher being one of the quarterbacks for Arkansas State. And Kennedy mentioned all the weapons that he has. You know, Lane Hatcher coming from one of the best programs, if not the best program in Alabama. You have a quarterback room back in 2018 that saw Tua Tungabailoa and Jalen Hurts, and then also now you have Hatcher in the mix. Then he transfers to Arkansas State. Because he didn't play in Alabama, he was still able to learn under two of the top quarterbacks within the past five years in college football, obviously two Heisman winners. Um, you know, Just moving forward, Hatcher is, is a, a great uh, thrower, but as you mentioned, going back and forth between two quarterbacks, Arkansas State, you know, three wins on the season, but they've given up 27 points at minimum every single game. Yeah. And the top, the bottom two defenses in the Sun Belt, Arkansas State and Texas State. So I really think that it's going to be a quarterback battle on both ends. And we'll, we'll see McBride and we'll see Hatcher. And we're going to see um, you know Arkansas State and Texas State put up a lot of points. I think this is going to be one of those games that goes over the spread. So, I mean, or over under... Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it went over 65 because these teams do not seem to have it settled so far on the defensive side of the ball. And you're 100% right. You know, one of the things I was going to talk about with Kennedy bringing up those weapons on offense is just how powerful they are. They score a lot of points and very quickly, too. Um, they've scored 24 against Memphis, Brady McBride's old team. And since then, they haven't scored less than it looks like 18 you know, so and these are against pretty tough defenses in Appalachian State and Troy and a bunch of other teams that, you know, have better defenses. So if they're still putting up that kind of those kind of numbers against good defenses, again, I think it is going to be a shootout. But that's going to be it for Texas State football. If you guys want to catch it tomorrow, they will be on ESPN Plus and we'll be here right broadcasted right here on KTW 899. And yeah, moving on real quick, I want to give a quick shout out to the Texas State volleyball team. Texas State volleyball will be facing. Uh, South Alabama, the number four seed in the East Division, on Friday at two thirty, uh, tonight or today at two thirty. So uh, if you guys want to keep up with that, make sure to follow us on KTW Sports. We'll be giving live updates on that. Um, but now let's move on to the weather. Let's breeze on over to your KTSW weather report. It is currently seventy-three degrees in San Marcos, a high of eighty-two, a low of sixty-one today. Tomorrow, a high of eighty-two, low of sixty-three, and then on Sunday, high of eighty-one and low of 52. It's going to be a sunny weekend in San Marcos, so make sure you take advantage of it. All right. Well, sounds like a really uh, sounds like a good day. So, I'm going to I'm going to leave after this and I'm going to go home and uh try watching some of the NBA draft or some of the uh NBA free agency that's going on. We got some big moves. Kelly Oubre going to the Warriors. But uh that's going to be it for Bobcat Radio right here on KTSW 89.9. And thank you guys for listening. If you guys want more updates on KTSW Sports for San Marcos High School and Texas State, make sure you follow us on Twitter at KTSW Sports, on Instagram at KTSW Sports, and we have a new documentary on YouTube at KTSW Sports. Again, thank you for listening. I've been Gage Sutton here with Kennedy Moore and Josh Roscoe. 
Have a good one. Now, let's get you back to the other side of radio.